In talking to friends of mine, something came up pretty interesting. They had no concept the the results of what's happening in the Arctic and Antarctic with the tremendous amounts of ice melts. So let's take a minute and talk about that. Researchers from the University of Texas at Austin, the United States Fish and Wildlife Service, and the Florida State University have published a paper presenting evidence of significant and previously undetected concentrations and fluxes of dissolved organic matter entering the Arctic coastal waters. The source of the organic matter is groundwater flow from atop the frozen permafrost. The groundwater moves from land to sea unseen. But the new research reveals that it carries significant concentrations of carbon and other nutrients to Arctic coastal food webs. Globally, groundwater is important for delivering carbon and other nutrients to oceans. But in the Arctic, where much water is trapped in the permafrost, its role was thought to be minimal. However, the new research reveals that that groundwater may be contributing an amount of dissolved organic matter to the Alaskan Beaufort Sea that is comparable to what comes from neighboring rivers during the summer. The researchers found that shallow groundwater flows beneath the surface and picks up new, young, organic carbon and nitrogen. But it also mixes with layers of deeper soils and thawing permafrost, picking up and transporting century to maybe millennia older organic carbon and nitrogen. This material is unique because it is directly transported to the ocean without seeing or being photodegraded by sunlight and may be valuable as a food source of the bacteria and higher organisms that live in Arctic coastal water. The study concluded that the supply of leachable organic carbon from groundwater amounts to as much as maybe 70% of the dissolved organic matter that enters the Beaufort Sea from rivers during the summer. The role that groundwater plays in the Arctic's coastal ecosystems is now going to become a, a large area of active research for a long time because it's a whole new concept they did not realize the Arctic organic material coming in from unseen sources. An enlightening subject. If you haven't switched to LED bulbs, now is probably the time. The reasons why are compelling. For starters, LED bulbs last much longer than incandescent bulbs and put out the same amount of light using significantly less energy. That's great for the environment and it can save you money on your electricity bill in the long term every month. If you happen to be a smart, home-inclined person, LEDs open the door to many interesting and worthwhile features, including bulbs that change colors and bulbs that sync with your security system or your voice assistance of choice. Besides several incandescent bulbs, including the 100-watt incandescent, which are basically phased out, folks, so you're going to need to look to switch eventually to LEDs in any case because incandescents uh, are on a short time. As a matter of fact, they had been outlawed and Trump allowed them to make them for a few more years. Nobody ever figured out why. Before you go out looking for your LEDs, it's a little bit different than buying incandescent bulbs. So before you get out there and go shopping, let me tell you a few things that you will kind of enlighten you and give you a broader picture of what you're looking for. You want to look for the word lumens, not watts anymore. The old bulbs were always rated in watts. We didn't know how much energy they were going to use and about what the light would look at. But that 
way of looking at lights is just no good here. It doesn't fit LEDs as well. When shopping for bulbs, you're probably accustomed to looking for watts as an indication of how bright a bulb will be. The brightness of LEDs, however, is determined differently. Contrary to common belief, wattage isn't an indicator of brightness, but a measurement of how much energy the bulb draws. For incandescence, there is an acceptable correlation between watts drawn and the brightness produced. But for LEDs, watts aren't a great predictor of how bright the bulb will be. The point, after all, is that they draw less energy. That's one of their things that I'm attracted to. For example, an LED bulb with comparable brightness to a 60 watt, which is about what a lot of people, most bulbs in most homes are 60 watt on average, but that 60 watt bulb can be replaced by an LED that uses as little as 8 watts or as much as 12, but still a small, small percentage of what that incandescent uh, used for the same amount of light. But don't bother doing the math because it isn't a uniform way to convert incandescent watts directly to LEDs. Instead, a different form of measurement should be used, and the word has been around for a long time, but now it's much more in common use called lumens. So what is a lumen? A lumen is a real measurement of brightness provided by a light bulb and is the number you should look for when shopping for LEDs. And back as, as for instance, the 60 watt bulb we talked about. It's 800 lumens. So when you go looking for a, a LED and you want to replace a 60 watt and you were happy with that amount of light, you want to look for an LED that has a lumen rating of 800. 800 lumens equals 60 watts of average electricity, all of that's again, not really a true formula. But the big difference is what was using 60 watts is going to use as little as 8 and maybe as much as 12, but usually about 10 watts replaces a 60 watt bulb. And this is going to come in play too. Light color. We never think of that. Incandescent bikes typically put out a warm yellowish hue. But LEDs come in a range of colors to fit whatever you want. As shown off by the Philips company by a bulb they call the Hue light bulb, H-U-E, LEDs are capable of displaying an impressive color range from purple to red to a spectrum of whites and yellows and blues. For the home, however, you're likely looking for something similar to the light that incandescents produce. At this moment, at least, the two most popular colors available for LEDs are soft white, also called warm white, and bright white, also called daylight. That's getting confusing too, but most of the homes that most of us were raised in are using warm white light, which is what a normal incandescent bulb puts out. Soft white and warm white will produce a yellow, kind of a candle glow look that we're used to, close to incandescence. While bulbs labeled as bright white or daylight will produce a whiter light, closer to daylight, and similar to what you see in offices and retail stores. Uh, let's just get technical for the fun of it for the moment. The color of light on the white light spectrum is called color temperature. And it's measured in a thing called Kelvin scale, capital K-E-L-V-I. The lower the number, the warmer or the more yellow the light is. Your typical soft white incandescent is usually between 2700 and 3500 Kelvin or K. So if that's the color you're going for, look for that range while shopping in LED light bulbs also. Want something daylight toned? Look for bulbs around 5000 K or a little bit higher. I prefer the whites. My girlfriend of 
many years past, uh, hated them. She only wanted incandescent color bulbs in the house. And it's kind of similar to the electric cars I've been trying to push that's finally coming on the market. LED bulbs are kind of like hybrid cars. More expensive up front, but definitely cheaper to use and operate. And more efficient and actually longer lasting. It used to be that you could grab an incandescent bulb at the hardware store for about a buck or so. Then the LEDs came along, most of them costing a lot more. Thankfully, several years of development and competition have brought prices down to the point where you'll find plenty of LED options in the light bulb aisle priced for less than $5. And I've actually even seen four packs now, four packs in one pack for $5. So a buck and a quarter each. Now we could discuss, there are LED bulbs that are better than others, but they all are more efficient and better than incandescents in your home. But even though the bulb costs a little more, the dollars and cents don't stop there. You need to factor in the cost of using the bulb. And the great thing about LEDs is that using them doesn't cost very much at all. For instance, a traditional 60 watt light bulb will add about $7 to your energy bill each year you use it for average use. A 60 watt replacement LED puts out the same amount of light but only draws 8 watts and only adds a dollar to your entire yearly energy bill for each one you use for the whole year. Big difference from $7 down to $1. In other words, even if the LED costs $5 and the incandescent only costs $1, you found rolling around your drawer somewhere maybe, the LED is still the less expensive option after less than a year of use. In the meantime, you'll enjoy less heat production, longer bulb life, and even the option of controlling your lighting system in your house with your smartphone if you want to. And that's something you sure couldn't do with an incandescent. Not to mention that even an inexpensive LED you buy is very likely last five or maybe even 10 years. Some of them are rated at 10 and 20,000 hours at a time. Something not even, never possible with an incandescent bulb. One other thing to take into consideration here is that there's several kinds of LEDs. Most of the new ones automatically come so that they can be dimmed with a dimming unit, but a few don't. So if you're in a place where you want to have a light that you can vary, you want to get that bulb that costs another dollar or two more that's an LED that will work with a dimmer. And if you have real old dimmers in your house, you might even have to replace them. But after that, it's way more efficient. Seven to ten times more efficient than if you stuck with the dimmer and a regular incandescent bulb. If you're new to getting LEDs, let me give you a recommendation. Just start with a single bulb from a major manufacturer, Philips, Cree, GE, somebody you know, and hang on to the receipt. Try it out with the dimmers in your home, and if it works, it's fine. Nothing to worry about. Feel free to buy as many as you need. If not, most major retailers will be happy to let you return the bulb and exchange it for something else. At some point, you might also consider just upgrading your dimmers to newer models designed to work with the newer light bulbs. Big names like Lutron and Leviton are your best bet and they're found in all big box stores, they're, at the, they're in Amazon, they're everywhere if you need them, they're available most anywhere you can think. And the last point, if dimming is truly important in your home, then you should really consider smart bulbs. That's what I mentioned earlier. Most of these use their own built-in mechanisms to handle dimming, so you don't need a dimmer switch at all. 
Dimming mechanisms like those are great because they won't flicker or buzz at all. And you're usually able to sync things up with a voice assistant like Siri or Alexa, which opens the door to commands like, set the lights at 20%, set the lights at 30%, whatever percentage you want. Because these bulbs are made the way they are, uh, Alexa or Siri can just get the amount of light that you want for the room you're in at the time you're there. And finally, you probably do know that LED bulbs certainly run a lot cooler than their incandescent cousins. That doesn't mean they don't produce some heat. LED bulbs do get pretty warm, but the heat is pulled away by a heat sink in the base of the bulb, and that's intentional. From there, the heat dissipates into the air and the LED bulb stays cool, really cool to the touch, helping to keep its promise also of a long life. The cooler it stays, the longer it's gonna last. So I hope a couple minutes about learning a little bit more about LEDs is helpful to you. Go give it a try. It'll save you money. It's good for the environment. And it's getting less and less expensive all the time.